Welcome to All Aboard with DCT. I'm Jasmine, a tourism student. I'm Jusla, studying retail business. And we are your hosts. Hello and welcome back to another special episode of All Aboard with DCT. Today, I actually have a guest host with me today. Rui, please go on ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Rui. I'm a culinary student at the Dubai College of Tourism. I've been here for six months. Uh, my course is one year with an option of an, a second year. And uh, yeah, I'm from Mozambique and I'm enjoying my time here in Dubai. Great. So, Rui, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with our special guest, right? Yes, of course I am. So today in the studio, we are actually joined by someone whose vision is to bake the world a better place. Yes, you heard right. Bake the world a better place. She's a professional pastry chef and a culinary inventor known for her magnetic personality, unstoppable drive, and entrepreneurial spirit. She, along with her brothers, now successfully run a pastry shop known for transforming traditional delicacies into edible art pieces. That is truly a game changer and, might I add, a disruptor in the traditional baking scene. Let's welcome the true culinary inspiration, Farah Hassan, popularly known as Flower Girl. Welcome! <laughs> wow, that's an awesome introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm just over here blushing. Thank you. No. <laughs> So before we dive into the interview, we usually do something that we call a quick fire this or that. Yes. Are you ready? Uh, yes. So, uh, so Farah, um, are you ready? <laughs> yes. So, so which one do you prefer, casual or formal? Casual. Casual. Okay. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Eat healthy or sweet indulgence? Sweet indulgence. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Expo 2020 or Global Village? Expo 2020. Oh, and a croissant or muffin? Croissant. Oh, <laughs> there was yes. a specific answer we were looking for. Yeah. Oh, cruffin. Yes. yes. Cruffin. <laughs> we were just talking about it earlier and I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting. A cruffin. Never had yeah. that before. Yeah. <laughs> a nice mixture of a croissant and a muffin. A croissant. Yes. And a? Croissant. <laughs> croissant. <laughs> yeah. You, you'll be surprised how many people can't pronounce that. It's really funny. But uh, <laughs> I feel like someone can't pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's such an interesting thing to have a croissant shaped as a muffin. Yeah, so it bakes really interestingly. So I have to say it wasn't my creation initially. I just brought it to Dubai. Mm -hmm. It was initially born in San Francisco and Australia. Um, someone just had the idea to bake a croissant in a muffin tin. And the way it baked was so incredible because it had the flakiness and crispy airiness mm -hmm. of a croissant, croissant on yeah. the top. But the inside baked like a bread or a muffin, basically, because it stayed super moist. Mm -hmm. And you add filling to that and it's like the best of both worlds because you get that first crunch of croissants where it crumbles in your mouth and then you go inside and it's like that doughy, cakey, bready oh. kind of, you know, so... I think that's making me hungry. I know. I'm, <laughs> I feel like, like I'm drooling. Is like the puff pastry, like the dough is different or like... The dough is different because puff pastry is a bit more on the salty side. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And um, it doesn't have the airiness as much as a croissant dough has because croissant okay. dough goes through the lamination and yes. the resting and the proofing. Mm -hmm. And our croissants go, go through almost an hour and a half of proofing. So they are like pockets of air inside yeah. and then the cruffin on the inside is super like moist and it's baked but it feels gooey in a way you know okay. with the butter and, and that's the, the good everything. stuff where yes. the gooey stuff is <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> and it was really successful when we launched it and 
it's been doing really, really well. And it's something, it's something really cool and different that you could have because it's not technically a croissant. And we, we specialize in different fillings to have in it where it's mm -hmm. kind of, you're tasting the croissant, but you're having something completely different, you know? So, yeah. yeah we, we, were, well, we were looking at some of your Instagram just before you came. We I saw know. like the PB&J, oh, we saw yes. all the, <laughs> the fillings that you put in. Thank you. So good. <laughs> Thank you so much. But uh, so, you know, besides being a pastry chef, as we know, uh, you're also an entrepreneur and you mentioned it. Uh, can you share with us, like, how how was it? How did Flower Group begin and how were the struggles behind that, the process to be, to start it and, you know, be where you are right now? So it was, I mean, it's all bittersweet, I could say, because it does take a lot of effort to get to where we are right now. Mm -hmm. um, so how did I start? Basically, I moved back from uh, to Dubai from Houston, where I was working at, in the restaurant scene. And I had started my own business twice before. Mm -hmm. um, and it just wouldn't work out in a sense where I'd have to relocate or, you know, the business wouldn't be doing so well or just something would be in the way actually both times i did have to relocate the first one was when i started here and moved to houston and the second one was i when i moved to houston to, to Dubai. here <laughs> so when i was here covid hit and i had the, the like vision that i'll continue in the restaurant industry once everything is settled i guess it'll be a good break but then it's like months after month and I was still at home. I still had nothing to do. I was aching because like when you're in the kitchen and you're in such a fast paced life and you're sitting at home, it becomes like unbearable, yeah, you know, because really you're mundane. like, I need to do something and it's all a skill. So if I'm not working, I lose my speed. I lose my accuracy. Yeah. It's, you can be so talented, but without practice, like you'll lose it, you know? So you get I rusty. To, yeah, you get rusty. And I was like, no way, I can't let that happen to me. <laughs> so I started to bake at home. I started to bake at home and I started to tr do things that people here haven't tried, especially starting with my family because they're like my biggest cr critics and they've tasted everything I've made. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make some new stuff. So I started to make some new stuff. I started to read a bit more. I started to like experiment a bit more and Every time we'd have friends over, they're like, whoa, I want to buy this like for my next event or for my next gathering. And I was like, guys, no way. I'm not selling it. Like, I'll make it for you. And that's <laughs> it. And then it was like time and time again, like, no, we really want to buy this because like we can't find it anywhere. And I want to buy like five. So I'm not going to make you do five for me like for free. <laughs> so I was like, oh, God, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. there we go. Now I have to use my brain and like think, you know, <laughs> like I was getting too relaxed. Um, and then... My brothers came to me and they're like, listen, whether you like it or not, like this needs to be in the markets in Dubai. Like you cannot just be baking this and whatever. Um, and I was like, no, I'm waiting to get hired. I had like five different amazing job opportunities mm -hmm. and all of them just didn't happen, you know, because COVID kept getting worse. And, yeah. this, and I was like, I can't wait any longer. And the the reply from all my employers were like, we can't promise you anything. So if you have something right now, like go for it. So I was pretty devastated because I was like, man, now I have to rethink like my whole future kind mm -hmm. of. So, but that's the thing sometimes when so many doors close in your face, just pause and see what is open, you know? Yeah. And that's what I needed to do. It was more of a wake up call for me to kind of stop holding on to something that maybe is not meant for me or is mm -hmm. not working out. So I just kind of paused and I was like, 
okay, I had a lot of support and I was like, let me listen to the signs, you know? So I started small and it picked up big, you know, which was beyond like anything I had expected because I've done this twice before, you know? So mm -hmm. I was kind of like, oh, it's going to be the same thing again. But it wasn't, it was more of like, I guess the, the food industry as well in Dubai kind of grew. People are more adventurous. People yeah. are more into food. Like there are so many more foodies now. Mm -hmm. And I think they were super impressed with what I was doing and they wanted to buy more, know more, start more. So I was like, okay. And then we had a really good opportunity with the kitchen in Al Koz because I couldn't do it from home anymore. And, um, we went in there, we saw it. It was a completely like abandoned place left in COVID. Yes. I, I remember when you came You remember, here, right? Like the it, it, there was no electricity. It was in the middle of August. Like I went in and I was, I looked at it and I was like, I would be crazy if I passed this up. Like I have nothing better to really do right now. And if I focus into this, it could be something great. Mm -hmm. So my brothers and I also got to talking and we're like, we can join into this together because to do something big, I cannot do it on my own. I can do the pastry side and all that stuff, but I need more hands and eyes and ears with me. So they were mm -hmm. like, okay, we'll make it a family business. Like, let's go. And that's how we started. And it took us, imagine, like it took us six months just to start our first production because you're starting something from zero, basically. Because in the, initially I didn't know what I wanted to start. I know that I was making really good cookies. I was making like a really nice flan, but it's like, that's not enough to keep it going. Right. So we started to think, okay, like what can we revolutionize? What can we change? What can we add? And that's how things were born. Like lots of recipe testing, lots of recipe development, lots mm -hmm. of, and I guess my skills and I grew in a way that I probably never would have, if I had continued in the restaurant scene, because I was kind of put by myself on the spot to develop things that I guess I didn't know I could. I I knew that I could develop recipes and things like that. Mm -hmm. But w until I was under the pressure of creating something that was good or maybe better than everyone around me, it put me in that sense of, oh my God, I need to. And that's when, you know, I thought to myself, like, if I need to be the chef that I want to be, I need to act like it. I need to think like it and mm. I need to be it, you know, yeah. not just with myself, but with the people around me. So that's how it started to develop more and more. And the response was amazing. Like, I'm super grateful because I feel like this, what happened was what was meant to happen. That's pretty interesting. Uh, something that really caught my eye was that... Um when you, you said that you used to work in a restaurant. So did you, were you a pastry chef before as well? Or were yes. you actually working in the hot kitchen? No, I was a pastry chef always. Um, so I was working at Nobu in Houston. Mm. And that was like a dream come true, you know, because it was the direction where I wanted to head in my career in terms of, you know, like as a chef, you dream of Michelin stars. You dream yeah. of, you know, working in at least a, a start in a one Michelin star. So being in Nobu taught me so much. It taught me in the, like amazing use of ingredients because everything was shipped from Japan, mm -hmm. including the purple potatoes, you know. So turning that into the dessert, putting soy sauce in, in chocolate truffles, like putting things like that was so interesting to me. So I learned a lot and it was, it was said in my brain, like, this is the di direction that I want to go, you know? So is that something that kind of fueled your desire to want to create new, you know, pastries that have never been done before? Yes, very much. Because I saw, 
it was no so i worked in a french kitchen before i've worked in the american mm -hmm. kitchen before and that was my first experience working in a semi-japanese kitchen before and japanese kitchens are no joke you know <laughs> like they are so incredible in the way they're they're just run you know there's so much creativity there's so much discipline there's so much like solutions you know mm -hmm. like i had one coworker, and the things he would like think of or the things he would do i was like oh my god I, like it was instant solutions you so, know like oh this wow. doesn't work all right let's do this so so out of the box <laughs> out of the box exactly and it opened up that creativity for mm -hmm. me because i love incorporating also like so i'm from like from lebanon so we have we're also so big on sweets you know like our, the biggest sweet is like our breakfast you know so <laughs> Um, I wanted to incorporate more and more. And what I started doing there was we had some free time where we had to do, uh, we call it comida. What is it? Like family meal. So, uh, you yes, know, so yes. family meal, they're like each department has to make family meals. So whether you have 300 like plates of pistachio mousse you need to do, you still need to feed us for family meal at 4 p.m. And I started mm. at three. So <laughs> like, I was like, okay. So... I started to do things for family meal where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to mix like this kind of sesame paste with like whatever baklava dough and whatever and make something. And I'd go for family meal and the, the head, like the big head chef would come and he's like, who made this? Like who made this? <laughs> and I'd be like me. And he's like, we're putting this on the menu, you know? Oh wow! And oh my God, like I would just like cry, you know, that's, like that's, no that's way. A great feeling. It was amazing. I had three desserts that went on the menu in Nobu. Imagine. Wow. And it was just like, it was a boost of confidence as mm -hmm. well in myself yeah. because I was thinking that I'm just someone here with people so much better than me. I'm learning from mm -hmm. them. And then in my free time where I was like, let me think of this and this and this, I realized that, oh, I'm also just as good, you know? So it was a really good confidence boost to see like this dessert is made by like our in-house chef, whatever, like, here you go. So it was, it was amazing. amazing. And I learned a lot to do things out of the box. Like I've always been a creative, mm -hmm. but in pastry, I think it's kind of, I incorporated everything together and mm -hmm. uh, I brought this to Flower Girl. Yeah. I think that's what they say, you know, for chefs to the importance of their experience when they go traveling around in different countries. Yes. They get a little bit of um, addition to their knowledge and what they learn from different people, yes. different places. And that's what's important for chefs' experiences. 100%. Yeah, I mean, 100%. as you can see, like, she used to work here uh, in a French in a French restaurant, and you said, like, the culture was so different from what you experienced in USA. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure it also changed the way you looked uh, at the kitchen, how you, you worked at it. Yes, definitely. It stopped being a stressful place. It started to be, like... A creative place, a place where, because pastry or the kitchen has always been a, a meditation for me, you know, like I go, I don't think, I just do. Looking at it, like, I feel like the whole journey for you with Flower Girl just is so organic. Like everything happened. Yes. It's not something that you have had to try so hard. Like, don't get me wrong, working hard is definitely something that you guys obviously are doing. And, you know, it works out for you guys. But I feel like the world is just telling you that, yes, this is it. A hundred percent. And I feel like that is the direction we need to go in sometimes in our lives mm -hmm. because it we do reach certain blocks where we think or you start to doubt yourself or you start to doubt your life and your choices. Like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do now? You know, but yeah. if you really just 
kind of listen and and see where you could be led and see where you can flourish i think that is the biggest gift like life can give you you know and mm -hmm. i think for me like if all the things that hadn't happened that led me up to here i would have never i guess developed myself or discovered my creativity mm -hmm. as much as i did you know or or all these things so or maybe got in that close bond with my brothers because you know we are siblings and things like that but when you work together it's like completely different yeah. because you have the same you start to have the same values the same work ethic you start to be together at so many times in the day so it changed a lot in my life for the positive i would say you know when i thought when when i thought it was a time where everything was negative you know i mean you did tell us that you you tried to start your business like twice before and yes. it wasn't really it didn't really work out and the fact that you, right now you are where you are is such a big motivation mm -hmm. like not just not just for us culinary students but for the other students yeah. as well i can assume for sure i mean it is such a big story and for us culinary students we see you and see like okay guys really is yeah really is working hard does work and you really have to put in the effort and believe in yourself so with that kind of idea of you know having a nurturing environment um especially with your experience do you think that kind of helped you um, be more resilient when it comes to adversity, especially knowing that, you know, you've had tried putting up a business in a bakery in the U.S. and once again, trying that again here with that same fear of not working out. Yes, definitely. It was, it was a mixture of both. It was a mixture of my experience here and my experience in the U.S. and then coming back here and combining them and combining everything I learned. And it was such a big learning experience on so many levels, you know, and it did make me so much more resilient because imagine you're going to a new country, everything is new, mm -hmm. you know, you're in a kitchen, which is like sometimes a war, a war zone, you know, <laughs> and, um, you're dealing with all kinds of people. So it made me a lot tougher in a sense. Mm -hmm. And it made me a lot more, um, how can I say like proactive in, in the sense of like, taking taking leadership um because we like i was in situations where for example the head chef like quit or this happened or this happened and it's like there's no one there except you and we have like an event and the person wants you to develop this so if i hadn't been in those moments or in those like spots i wouldn't have uh, been where i am now you know definitely uh, so before we wrap up, uh, we did some digging and to our surprise, we found that Cartier was one of your clients last year and which just proves that what dedication and hard work truly mm -hmm. uh, pays off. It really does pay off. And so what kind of tips do you have for like small businesses, uh, people who are just starting, starting off? Uh, what kind of advice you can give them to earn such uh, high profile connections and aim as high as you aim so far? Um don't be shy to be <laughs> embarrassed <laughs> put yourself out there as much as you can i'm a very shy person in general i realized that being shy will not take me anywhere like in a lot of sense like i'm not just the chef i'm also the face of the company and i think in the beginning i really didn't want to be i really wanted to just be behind the scenes but i was like no like people want to see what is behind you know that's mm -hmm. what people like people will get to know me and things like that so i really put myself out there i really got connections i was lucky also to have a lot of friends who are within the industry so 
I would say always keep your connections and always be kind to whoever and whatever because those will come back to you. Like I think I told you guys the story yeah. about the person who was like always so rude to me yes. and I always yeah. stayed <laughs> yeah, like did. super because I was like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to make enemies, you know, I don't want to make mm -hmm. people are the way they are. I won't let that change me. So that has gotten me to so many places too, because um, how can I say it? Like all, life is also all about give and take. So people yeah. will always want what you have and you will always want what they have in a sense in the business perspective. So rise above and like always It's better to Be just kind. hold on and not, yeah. not, not kill off those connections because yes. you never know what might happen in the future. Exactly. And for that sure. was a really good lesson, yes. Well, thank you so much, Farah, for coming and making time for us. It's been amazing chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. Thank you so much, guys. And that is it for this episode. We'll catch you in the next one. In the meantime, you can go check us on our social media at Dubai College of Tourism. Hope you have an amazing week ahead. See you on our next episode.